Hi, welcome to Her Voice China, and I'm your host, Karen He. Today, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Chrissy Chen. Chrissy is a creator on Red, a social media platform in China. She often shares her tips and tricks on English productivity and self-improvement. And she has accumulated over 100,000 followers. She majored in English translation and recently graduated from college. This September, she will be going to the UK to study conference interpreting for her master's degree. It's my honor to have you here on my show, Chrissy. Why don't you tell us a bit more about you and maybe tell us three fun facts about yourself. Okay, thanks, Karen. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited about this because it's my first time being on a podcast, so I cannot be more delighted. And um, hello, everyone. My name is Chrissy, Chrissy Chen, and I've just graduated from college and I'm currently preparing for my study in the UK in the next coming year, actually just in September. And I'm also a content creator on Red, as Karen, uh, as Karen said. Actually, that's how Karen found me. She found me there. So I'm really grateful for this platform. Yeah. All right. Tell us something like we didn't expect, like some people would be surprised to find out like three fun facts about yourself. I, I, I've actually prepared for this. Um, I've thought about this for quite a while. So I'm gonna, um, the first fun fact about me is that I actually love microphones. I don't know if you get this, you know, when I was a little girl, I, my dream was to become a broadcaster actually, or a hostess. When I grow up, I used to, you know, stand, I like standing in front of the mirror and just giving speeches to myself and I would just take a pen um, regarding it as a microphone. But uh, later on, things have changed a bit. Now it's nearly impossible for me to become a broadcaster, but hopefully I can become an interpreter. And in that case, I would also be able to use microphone. So I think that is pretty interesting. What's stopping you from becoming a broadcaster? Mm, because, you know, if you want to become a professional broadcaster, you have to receive those professional training. Maybe you have to major in those kind of stuff, but I didn't. So uh, that has changed. Yeah. And the second fun fact about me is that I really want to get a tattoo at the moment. <laughs> I don't know if this counts. And actually, it may sound surprising because... I may strike other people as someone who would never get a tattoo, but that is true. And perhaps I will get my first tattoo in the near future. We'll see. And the third fun fact about me is that I am super picky about food. Like there's a lot of food that I don't eat, like um, tomatoes and eggplants and many other vegetables and also most of the seafood. I know some people may love tomatoes but i don't like it yeah so i'm a super picky eater yeah those are three fun facts about me that's good to know like do you like fish because i don't like fish i don't like fish either. oh my god high five <laughs> virtual high five <laughs> high five <gasps> virtual high five yeah i i like i am such a picky eater as well so like a, a lot of the things i don't eat but like i think 
during these years, I've grown to like some food that I used to hate, like eggplant and tomatoes. So that's very really? interesting. Maybe you will you will start to like them in like when you grow up, like like much older. I don't know your palate, like your taste palate changes all、oh, the time. Yeah. yeah, perhaps because tomatoes and eggplants are probably healthy, pretty healthy. Yeah, so probably I will eat them in the future, probably for healthy reasons. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So first of all, I know you achieved a a hundred thousand followers recently. So congratulations on that. Um, it's been a journey seeing you how you grow from like, from starting from scratch to now, like kind of like uh, kind of like a. Big deal, like to me, it's a big deal, like a hundred thousand followers, right? But what made you want to start a red Xiaohongshu account in the first place? Yeah, thank, thank you so much. I think it's pretty incredible to get my first hundred k followers. Um, I think at the start, I actually didn't have that many thoughts going on on my head. I was like, first of all, I like sharing stuff. Like actually, before starting this、uh, account, I also made videos and I share them on my personal pla-、uh, social media platform. So I like sharing my、uh, study and life and just everything. So I think perhaps、um, I can share some more study relevant and English relevant content on a more、um, public platform. So that was the first main driver of me starting this account. And、um, secondly, I always see myself as a person full of ideas. Like I always have this some quite, you know, new and novel and sometimes even whimsical ideas on my head. And I was like, perhaps I could start a channel and see where it takes me. Perhaps I can just put all of those ideas together and make them into videos and share them with more people. Yeah, so that's already how it started.、Um, actually, at first I just posted my、uh, some of my experiences on English study, perhaps with some pictures. But、um, actually, at one night, I was like, I was lying on my bed, you know, and I suddenly. Had this kind of spark of inspiration, and I was like, you know, perhaps I can film a day, a one day vlog in English. It, it was just a spark of inspiration. Like I didn't plan this, and that was my very first video, and that video kind of blew up. Yeah, so that's where it all started. Yeah, right. So, like, did you face any challenges when you first started? Like. I know, like starting is the kind of like the most difficult phase in general. Yeah, I have to be brutally honest about you. Like, I think when people first start their accounts or their channels, probably their main worry will be that、um, they don't know how the algorithm works. So perhaps、uh, the, their videos and their posts may be ignored just by、uh, a lot of people. So. The algorithm would not pick it up and things like that, but that is not my worry actually, because my very first post just got much more likes and comments than I'd expected. Yeah, so I actually didn't go through that many phases of you know、uh, 
maybe doubting myself and things like that and many challenges, I just think it's quite a smooth journey, perhaps because I didn't put much pressure on myself because I um, make those videos for fun, you know? So yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with what it is right now. Yeah, that's great. And you have a very decent uh, following numbers. Um, you have been posting a lot. I think I went through it. But what is your favorite post so far? Mm, okay, so my favorite post so far is actually my graduation video. Uh, I posted uh, last month. I remember just right after my graduation ceremony, maybe the next day, I don't exactly remember. But um, I didn't film my graduation ceremony. That video is actually made up of um, footages from different time, like throughout my four years of college. Because as I said, I made videos before starting this channel. And some of them, I just saved them on my phone. Some of them, I post them online. So while I was making that graduation video, I kind of look back on those old memories, you know. I look back on those old videos and footages. So it was quite, um, I was quite emotional while I was making that video because it was like revisiting those old memories with these memories coming back to me. Um, so it was quite meaningful, I think, that video. And I like it so much that I've watched it for many times. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And a question about your college. What is your like the most memorable thing happened to you during your college time? Well, it's uh, absolutely the English speaking competition. I uh, attended that competition uh, while I was a when I was a uh, senior student, like in 2019. It was quite a journey. I've I have to say, because I was selected as um, their representative of my, of my school to actually uh, compete in that speech competition. And I went through this quite intense training, you know, with two of my teammates. So um, I just, at that period of my college life, I was like, I went through this period of self-doubt and I was not confident enough to be honest with you because I just couldn't I could not imagine myself standing on that big stage and giving an English speech you know I would be too nervous but um, I think that competition has somehow changed me because I survived it you know, and um, after that, I always say that it was a turning point of my life because before that I was kind of, um, I was not confident about myself, you know, but after that I was like, you know, I've went through all of this and um, it's quite a journey, but, but I enjoyed it. It has changed me. And I also make really good friends with two of my teammates. So I'm really grateful for that experience. Yeah, that's awesome. This kind of defining moment is they usually bring up like good stories to tell, right? Um, and while you um, while you're studying in college, you started doing Xiaohongshu. And what is the best part of becoming a Xiaohongshu, a red content creator? 
Uh, yeah. So I think,、um, in my opinion, the best part of it is that I can actually see、uh, those people being influenced by me. Like I am actually making a difference to other people. That is definitely the best part of it because I always receive messages. You know, my followers tell me that、um, they've kind of inspired and encouraged by me to study English harder, perhaps. Or just、um, you know become have this more positive mentality towards life and things like that. So I can see that I'm actually、um, giving those positive energy to people. I'm delivering the message that I want to deliver to my followers. So seeing that I am making a change to the world is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, and what do you want your audience to get out of your content? Yeah, so just as I said, I want them to get、um, the kind of inspiration and motivation, whatever it is. It is not limited to studying English, you know, because most of my content what is about English study and things like that. But I think、uh, my just. The whole message that I want to deliver applies to everything. Like it's not restricted to English study. Like whatever you want to do, you have to be productive. You have to always strive for、um, your better self, and you know have that positive mentality towards life and attitudes towards life. I think these are really important, and these are something that I want to give my followers. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, I really like your content, and I feel like you, 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 you. It's true that you have all this positivity, and I can feel it, and I, I am influenced by your positivity. So that's a good thing to have. Thank you. No problem. And now we will talk about、uh, talk about a little bit more about English.、Um, you have been studying English for a while, like for how many years? I don't know, but maybe. Over ten years, right? Can you walk us, like, briefly walk us through your English learning journey? Yeah.、Uh, to be honest with you, I started learning English when I was six. I don't know if it was early or late. Like, probably in my generation, it was、uh, pretty early because、um, actually many of my friends started learning English at like nine or eight or nine years old. In their third year, third year of primary school, but、um, I went into a relatively elite boarding school,、um, my primary school. So I started learning English in my first year of primary school, and luckily I have this really really great English teacher. Like my first English teacher is incredible.、Um, she speaks really good English, and I think. That's how I kind of laid a solid foundation for my English pronunciation for my future study.、Um, so that's one part of the reason. And also, I think I just have this gift for language learning. <laughs> I, I yeah, it's just like I don't. I am not good at mathematics. I am good at English from the very start. Um, so throughout my primary school and secondary school, and even high school, I was top of my class in English subject. But somehow I didn't pay that much, like extra amount of time and energy into studying English before college.
you know, because um, after college, I realized that um, many people are good at English simply because they um, they're obsessed with English when they were like little, like they may be interested in those English TV shows, you know, things like that. Um, and some of my friends are huge Harry Potter fans and they just read every one of that book. But I am not that kind of person. Like uh, before college, I didn't pay that much effort into English study. I think I've just taken it for granted. But after college, um, definitely things have changed because I chose English, English translation as my major. So that was the time when I really began to learn English in a more professional way. Like before, because I have to learn everything about English, to be honest, like um, English was divided, divided into so many parts, like listening, reading, writing, speaking, and even translating. So um, I really began to kind of find my own approach of studying English. And um, I, um, luckily I found it. And uh, right now I'm still um, learning English on a daily basis. Um, I'm not learning it anymore. I'm kind of honing it, but um, I am always grateful for all of the efforts that I've put into English study, yeah. Right. And throughout the years, you have developed your way of learning English. And what do you think is the most effective way of learning languages in general? Mm, okay. So I think this is a um, really frequently asked question. And I think it's maybe a little bit cliche to say things like, you know, immersing yourself in that English environment and try to talk to foreigners as much as possible because I think we all know it right um, we all know that we have to do this and do that but some people just they're not bothered to that to do that and they simply don't have that much time and effort into English study so I think for me I always tell people that if you want to really study English on a daily basis you can just go register for an English exam it can be anything it can be like IELTS exam you know TOEFL BC and everything but like if you really like uh, if you spend that much money to even sign up for an exam then you may have this sense of urgency to study English and then once you do that, you have to set some short-term goals. And I think um, it's for everything. It's not just for a language exam. Langu language exam is for uh, like every one of your goal. You have to set um, your short-term goal. You have to write to-do list every day. And, you know, today I have to finish a certain number of tasks and everything. So that is really important. I think once you have that upcoming exam you will have that sense of urgency and you have to keep track of your learning every single day and um, again immersing yourself in that English environment is definitely important um, so just read English every day and listen to it every day I think as long as you put enough effort and time into it then you will see a difference yeah yeah, that's a very good trick, signing up for an exam. So it creates like an urgency, definitely something I've never heard of. So it's a really innovative. Um, so 
a lot of us are curious. So like we know like English study uh, consists of um, input and output. So in terms of input, what kind of websites or materials do you read every day to study English? Well, for me, I uh, am used to reading English news every day. I'm used to reading BBC news, but I think it doesn't matter like which website you go to. Um, because for BBC, I remember because at the start of this year, I was preparing for my interview, graduate study, and I was required to give comments to international news, you know, it's too difficult. So I have to read English news every day and see what's going on in the world. So I kind of developed this habit of um, uh, reading English news every day. And that's it. I also followed quite a few uh, WeChat accounts um, with English content like China Daily. I think these are all really good materials and also Sixth Tone. I don't know if you've heard about that. Sixth Tone, uh, it's a, a WeChat account. It's also a website, I think, um, but um, it also gives comments about uh, international news and chi Chinese news. But um, I think one of the unique thing about Sixth Tone is that it uh, gives, like it's from China's perspective, perhaps because it's written by Chinese authors. And I um, think um, the passages of Sixth Tone are also quite insightful. Yeah, these are some reading materials. I also like listening to English podcasts, like I'm a huge fan of podcasts. Yeah, so uh, just everything, like every, I cover every domain, like science. I think the other day I shared a new podcast that I found is called, uh, what is called? I don't exactly remember, but I posted. Uh, the other something day about that. science I remember yeah it's something about science and it's relatively short each episode just to help you figure out some really tricky science problem yeah so I like listening to English podcasts yeah I, I really like podcasts as well it's a good way of learning English in my opinion um, and while I was on your um, on your red account, you mentioned something that a book that has changed your life, not changed your life, but like it's pretty important to you, which is the book Flipped. Why did you say is the, this book really was the important like book to you? Mm, yeah. uh, actually, at first it was the movie Flipped that first hooked me in. I love this movie so much um, because I just like the idea of uh, the painting is more than the sum of its parts. You know, the, this whole message that it delivers. Um, it actually means that um, if you are looking at this painting, like if you look at just every separated part of it, probably it's no difference from other paintings. But if you look at the whole picture, then it will be just so incredible and beautiful and things like that. And I think the most important message I get from this idea is that it applies to people as well. Like um, your whole, like if people look at you as a whole, 
you can be much more likable and approachable and you can have that amazing qualities. So I when whatever I do, like after watching that movie and reading that book, I was like, I must like strive for a better self. Um, I have to become a better person, that kind of thing. Um, right now, I think it's a little bit cliche to, to just um, say that, uh, you know, become a better person, things like that. But at that point of my life, it was really a game changer for me because um, I remember the first time I watched that movie, I was like 15, 16 years old, um, a time when I really began to form my own value system. So um, that was quite important to me at that age. So after that, actually, I've read so many amazing books and I've watched so many incredible movies, but I think Flipped will always have a place in my heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very special book. I watched the movie as well and I was so touched by it. Um, now moving on to output. In terms of output, speaking is a very important part, right? And But a lot of people, they have this shyness. They are, they are afraid to speak English because they were like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like, oh, I have accent. You know, I have this, I have that. So how do you, how, what's your advice on overcoming shyness when practicing your oral English? Um, I think it's a really a common problem. Like, I um, think everybody, like, at a certain point of their studying English, they will shy away from know speaking in public and things like that now in that case I think the most effective way is that you just lock yourself in your own room and you speak to yourself like that's the most mm, natural way I think like when you're by yourself then you're 100% being yourself and the things you said are the most natural yeah so I think that's one of the effective ways and the second approach I've actually learned this recently. It's also from a English learning podcast called um, Luke's English Podcast. Like I've been following that for um, quite a few years now, like when I was a freshman or sophomore student. And um, it was also from a guest. Uh, like he, she talked about her experience of improving oral English. And she kind of mentioned this um, approach of lip syncing, uh, which means you like uh, when you're practicing your oral English, like the first time you don't make any noise, like you're just moving your mouth. Because if you actually speak out loud, probably you will find that, you know, I am not speaking the same with uh, that native speaker or things like that. So you may lose confidence in speaking out loud again. So at first you just observe the mouth, the movements of the mouth of the native speaker, and then you do this lip sync, lip syncing. And for the next, the next time, then you can probably speak out loud. Like I haven't tried this, but I think it's also, a helpful way for people, especially those who are afraid of, you know, making mistakes and things like that. I think it's also a good mm, approach. So I think the lip syncing idea is such a great idea. Um, beside that, 
Are there any more ways that we can do to sound more like a native speaker? Okay, I think for um, in order to sound like a native speaker, the first important step for me is um, imitation. Like you imitate the native speakers. Mm, like first of all, you have to observe like how they've actually given that speech, and you imitate. Um, just everything that the speakers are saying. That's really important imitation. And um, the, I think the second way is that um, I take some notes here. <laughs> Let me check this out. Um, is that you have to, uh, actually, um, I've noticed that uh, while speaking English, actually, if you open your mouth wider, like, you, you can actually, it, it's easier for you to um, articulate certain sounds. So I think that may be helpful too. Like you can just try to open your mouth wider while you are um, practicing your oral English. That's also very important. And um, also apart from this, I think in order to not just sound like a native speaker, but also act like a native speaker, it's um, not just your pronunciation, right? It's just the, your whole, like, you are just being like a native speaker. You have to use body languages and your own facial expressions. I think it, it applies to the out speaking test. Like where, while you're in that speaking test, you're not just reciting everything that you've memorized before, you are communicating with other people. So you have to have this eye contact and show your body languages so that you are actually exchanging ideas with that examiner, you're not just a machine. So I think body languages are also pretty important. Right, speaking of IELTS, that leads me to this question. Like you gave like really good advice on preparing for IELTS, but what are, if you have to summarize three tips on preparing for a language examinations, what like IELTS, what would that be? Okay, so I have three tips here. The first one is that you have to review the past exam papers. And for IELTS, it's probably that 13, 14, 15 books. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know now. Um, so it's really important to review all of this so that you can find some tricks of that types of questions. Like for every uh, type of uh, language exam is really important to kind of figure out what exactly that examiner wants to test you. I think it's um, pretty important. And my second tip is also to set yourself some short-term goals. And this isn't just for a language exam, it's for every exam. Just as I said before, you have to make to-do list every day, like um, what I'm going to do today, like what tasks I'm going to finish today. It's really important that you keep track of everything so that you can actually see, a, see your progress. And my third tip for you is that while preparing for examinations, we can take a different approach compared to a lot, like our daily English study. For example, while you are preparing for that um, IELTS uh, reading, probably reading exam, because um, I think 
the vocab in IELTS are pretty, some of them are pretty professional and you know, a little bit tricky. Um, so you just have to memorize. For me, I just use those uh, vocab app on my phone whenever I'm preparing for a language exam because I just have to grab the basic meaning of that word. I don't have to really dip, get so deep into that word. I, would, I think that would be too time consuming. Like if you are learning English, just learning your daily English, it's no wrong to look at the deep meaning of a certain word and to really do some deep research. But if you are preparing for a, an exam, like you have a deadline, so I think it's better to utilize your time um, and not just dive into that dip. Yeah, so I think this is all, my third tip for you if you're, you're preparing for a language exam. Yeah, there are some solid advice. And I hope whoever, you, uh, whoever that is listening took notes of that and uh, hope it helps with your language test uh, preparation. And now I think I want to bring up the topic of personal development because uh, I think it's a very important aspect in your life as well. And my, my first question is, can you share with us your daily routine and on how to become more disciplined? All right. So um, I also have three tips here in order to become more self-disciplined. Yeah, I take notes here. So the first one is to-do list. Well, I think to-do list is a really important part of my life, um, especially for your own productivity. Like I make to-do lists everywhere, like on my iPad, on my computer, on my laptop, on my um, just notebook. And I normally write to-do list the day before. Like I don't like making to-do list in the morning because I think making to-do list itself is also quite time consuming, especially if you ha don't have a immediate goal, like a uh, coming test or something like that. So to-do list is really important. And once you finish a task, you just tick it. I think it helps you keep track of everything, what you've done, what you haven't done. So pretty helpful tool. And my second tip is that while you're concentrating on your own probably study and work, if you don't have to use your phone, then you should just keep away from your phone. Like, um, especially for me, like my mobile phone is definitely my biggest distraction. So I, I think that's also for most people, it also is. So I think just keep your phone at another room, perhaps just don't use your phone and you will find you will be much more productive. Yeah. So that's the second tip. And the third tip is that I think productivity is more important than the actual time you spend on you spend on on your work because i think a lot of people currently especially mm, those people those students who are preparing for the post graduation post graduate exam i think some of them just put emphasize in the number like the time the actual hours they spend on studying like sometimes they somehow compete like um, how many hours they've spent on study each day. But I think 
it doesn't matter as long as you are actually doing stuff, you're actually doing stuff, you are making progress, it doesn't matter how many hours you put into your work. I think productivity definitely matters more. Yeah, I agree. Productivity definitely is, uh, is more. Um, and uh, we know that you recently started writing down three good things that happened to you. And I was just curious, how did that change your mindset of life or life in general? Oh, yeah, I've developed this habit recently. Um, I think it's pretty, like, it really helps me to kind of savor every moment um, of my life. Like, um, probably in the past, I didn't appreciate them much. Like, uh, I didn't appreciate people around me and um, my surroundings and everything but since I've developed this habit I am like more I begin to learn to appreciate every part of my life and every one of my experience I really learn to look back on those stuff and um, be reflective so I think no matter it's good thing or bad thing it's part of your life it's your own experience and I want to bring up that idea of connected dots here I don't know if you've heard about this it's um from Steve Jobs I think one of his speeches I like this idea so much and I think um just every one of our own story and our experience is a little tiny little dot and when you connect those dots together um, they've actually shaped you to who you are today and kind of lead you to where you are right now. So um, I think writing down those things that things that I'm grateful for really helps me to kind of um, be thankful for who I am right now and all of my experiences. Yeah. That's some that's some good advice I need to start writing down three things I'm grateful <laughs> to I think it's so important to be grateful about life in general because that makes you like appreciate things more and it will lead to you bettering yourself so and finally what are some of your goals and like personal development plans for the future mm, okay so well I think Right now, my main focus is definitely to finish my master's degree starting this September. So that will be my main priority. I can see that um, I will be under a lot of pressure like in the coming years. So probably I have to take a backseat with my rad and making videos and things like that. I'm not quite sure, but I think currently my main priority is definitely study like starting from this September. And after that, I kind of want to, I still want to do jobs related to translation and interpreting. Perhaps I will just apply for a, a big company and do those jobs related to translation and interpreting. But I also want to grow my own um, platform more, like my RAD. Uh, there are still so many things that I want to do. There are still so many things going on going on my head, but I think my main focus right now is my is my study. So I cannot think that far. But I think um, I still need to figure out um, 
what I'm gonna do. And I also want to start my own podcast in the future. I don't know when, but it's definitely on my list. So these are my plans. I think I am just as I said. I always come up with new ideas, so I cannot just set those fixed plan and a fixed path for for myself. Um, I just like the way that I can always step out of my comfort zone and just do things, just do it. So yeah, that's my kind of plan for my future. The podcast made me curious. What kind of podcast you want to create? Well, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I don't know if I want to make a Chinese podcast or an English one. Probably bilingual. <laughs> I don't know, but it's.、Um, I think it's definitely also about my、uh, self development and English kind of stuff. Probably more about interpreting in the future once I've finished my master's degree. Yeah, that's a really good niche for interpreting. Interpreting.、Um, there are endless possibilities. So I would say good luck to you, and you. hope you can achieve whatever you want. And thank you so much today for for your time. I really appreciate your 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 insights and your point of view. So everyone, stay tuned for our next episode. And thank you so much, Chrissy, again for today. Thank you, Karen. Thanks for having me again. Bye. All right. Bye.